Yo, Travis, what's up? What's happening? So uh, welcome to the What's Tomorrow podcast, where we talk about what's happening today and what we think this means for tomorrow. What do you think we should talk about today? Good question, Matt. Good question. I got a couple ideas. Blockchain or electric vehicles, battery storage, precision fermentation. <laughs> Disconsent, discontent by the population because of higher inflation. You know, any of these you know, topics would be easy to cover. So, so I'm sorry I asked, number one. I think we have enough content for a lot of different podcast episodes. So if, if any of those topics are any interest, you make sure to, to listen to a podcast in our future podcast. But you know what, Matt, let's today talk about something that I heard earlier and you just mentioned. I just feel like the economy seems to be doing well from what I hear. I hear so many people are really unhappy with the economy. So I'm kind of confused about this and what's going on. I mean, what do you, what do you see in the theory? Yeah, I, I think it's, it's a weird time because I kind of view it that like capitalism is in a very advanced state. And so it's really good at extracting value. And, and what that means is that, you know, like you go to medical school or law school, you pay a lot of money for the tuition and you get out and the jobs don't pay that well. And so it does, that doesn't make sense. Why, why is that the case? And that's, I think because big corporations have taken over kind of a lot of independent practices in law, in medicine, in accounting, they extract the value and those highly paid professionals are not highly paid to the same extent. And worse than that is that the, the, ed, the cost of education is much higher and, and, interest rates are higher. So they're, they're in very different places than they were 20 years ago. You know, it just probably, probably should have done this first map of we are, where we come from. I mean, we're just really at the end of the day, two average Joes in New Hampshire, two dads with some kids who through these podcasts, we're going to tackle topics like this. And, and as Matt alluded in, totally transparent we're probably not going to say things the right way we're probably going to screw up the way we say things but you know what that's what really this is about it's just normal people talking about you know what's happening and trying to sort through all of this information and what we're hearing and we may not have the answers we may you know not provide any solutions but hopefully it's something worth listening to and to get you thinking more about what's happening so matt just to tag on to what you were saying I mean, I completely agree. I mean, you think about, you know, college loans, you think about, you know, the affordability of housing, the housing prices are through the roof. I mean, the economy today and what, you know, people are experiencing today is so different than, you know, what people were experiencing 20, 30, 40 years ago. Feel as though it's a certain group of people, a very critical group of people that are experiencing hardships and, some point that's going to catch up to the rest of the economy so you know my background is er i'm an er doctor and and kind of what what i've seen is there's kind of there's almost like two classes of er doctors or two classes of professionals and for the record i think your ed physician as is more of a hobby and i can't wait to get into what i think your real job is first that's for later sorry let me finish. Let me let you finish your thought. Yeah. So, so I kind of experienced this where, you know, I did the go to a good school, get a good education, get a professional degree. And the promise associated with that is that you would 
kind of be worry-free from a finance standpoint. And I think that that has become a broken promise for many people that get higher education and also a broken promise in terms of the American dream of, you know, working hard and getting ahead. Because because of what I mentioned before, you know, the high, the extraordinary debt that you have to accumulate to get through a professional degree. And then what I experienced, uh, yeah, started an ER practice, worked for, you know, a private group, and then we got acquired by a big corporation, and they gave us a 27% pay cut, and we would also work one more shift month. And so, and so that was like, that was shocking. And then, and like a third of the group left, and it was essentially a broken promise to what being a professional uh, is supposed to be. And so what, what I'd suggest to people, and you know, I, I've talked about this to young people, is that, that there, is no, there is no great professional job you can go get right now and follow the rules because you're going to work under uh, you know, a large organization that's trying to extract all the value. And so, so we'll talk more about this over several podcasts, but you know, I'm definitely an advocate of, of, ha- of trying to figure out how to hack the system to you know, create value, kind of control your own des- destiny, uh, and you know, eke out a, like a niche opportunity. Yeah, I, mean, I was just looking um, at, I just pulled up the ED, uh, National Center for Education Statistics, just see what the average amount that was borrowed for federal student loans, and this is federal student loans, was $45,300. And you take that, and then you add that to the cost of housing right now. I mean, there's no wonder why people are feeling a pinch, you know, right out of graduating college and trying to, like you said, Mac, get that value out of it. Yeah, and then, and the other part of like the, the two doctor system or two professional class system is that there are basically, you know, in my experience, there are kind of two types of doctors, doctors that do and doctors that don't have a house. And that is a function of, did you buy your house before 2020 or after 2020? And if you bought your house before 2020, you captured this huge appreciation in your house that simultaneously priced out the other group of doctors and lawyers. And so that, you know, we can get into this too, but that's, you know, probably a consequence of money printing by the government and, you know, basically more dollars chasing scarce assets. And and ER physician salaries went down over that period of time. So it was like magnified inflation for certain groups of people. I don't know if you know this, but that the New York Times just came out with, you know, they typically do an analysis on, you know, is it worth renting or is it better to buy a house? And for the first time, and I don't even know, like decades, I don't have the specifics number in front of me, but I know that it's been a long time, but for the first time, they are recommending through this analysis that renting, and I'm not sure they're even recommending it, but renting is can be more advantageous right now than buying. I mean, there's a lot of factors that they go into, such as, you know, what else you can do without money, you know, can you invest it, you know, the cost of owning a house right now and how expensive that is, upgrades. I mean, we, there's a lot of work to keep that going. So for the first time, which is which is so interesting to see, is that renting is actually as more advantageous than buying, which is which is just another point that, you know, some things are happening in this economy and we got to pay attention because it's really going to influence what's going to be happening tomorrow. I hear people who are buying houses. I mean, and everyone has to do what makes sense for them, what they feel makes sense. 
you know, my background, as you know, Matt, is I'm in finance. And so, you know, I like to work with numbers. And you're just thinking about the cost that you're paying in interest rates that is really just going out the door. It's not being invested in anything else or saved. It is extreme. It is, you know, you are essentially, you know, bleeding money when you're paying these interest rates are seven, eight percent. And and I'm not sure what they are currently, but I mean, even a seven percent interest rate on a three hundred thousand dollar house, you are spending just about three hundred thousand dollars in interest over the term of a thirty year mortgage, if not more. All right. So should we talk about proposed solutions? Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm not sure how much we're going to get into solutions on this podcast because I know. My, well, you know what? Maybe let me ask you, Matt. Do you have any? Well, I can give you some stuff that's not financial advice. Hold <laughs> on. So that that I don't think you can completely follow the system and and find a financial solution because because the reality. Like I started working, working as like a part-time traveling physician while I had my full-time job. And then I realized that there was a need for more of these uh, traveling physicians or what are called locums at smaller hospitals. And then I started a small business doing that. And so the learning that I had is if you are studying your career and trying to learn as much about it as you can, you will find problems about the system. And if you can find a solution to one of those problems, you can slowly build one of those those solutions. And and after a time, hopefully if it can take the place of your, your current job and you can grow that. And the benefit of being, yeah, I've said this before, the benefit of being an entrepreneur is that I know lots of doctors and lots of lawyers and lots of, or a couple accountants, uh, lots of professionals who are not happy with their job. I do not know any entrepreneurs or small business owners that are unhappy with their job. And I think that stems from having autonomy, um, being like getting joy from creating solutions to problems, you know, owning, kind of owning your own destiny. And that probably is not as important 50 years ago when somebody got a job, worked for 30 years for one company, had a great pension, and that promise of that professional position was there, and and it was kept through an entire career. But that, in my view, does not exist. I'm sure there are excuse uh, there are <laughs> excuses. I'm sure there are exceptions to that, but that is a it's a very different. With inflation, you know. People are running faster on the hamster wheel to try to, to try to just keep up with where they were 10 years ago. And that's a function of inflation and, and you know, taxes and, and oversight by the government and that type of thing. And so, you know, one solution is to just run faster on the hamster wheel. But I, I, think, that, I think that people can research and be creative. Uh, and I showed a graph of, uh, of the big technology tra changes that happened over the last hundred years. 
And I said, and I point out in 87, when I was 15, there were two little marks, two little lines on this technology innovation graph that were taking off. And they were, they were the internet and cell phones. And, and if at that age I had recognized that those were two megatrends and I could take advantage of those at the time when I was just going to start going to high school and college, that would have been a phenomenal opportunity. And I would submit that right now there are, there are more megatrends just starting to take hold. And if you tie yourself to one of those megatrends. So, man, I think that assumes that, I mean, in some instances that people can actually invest in some of those mega trends. I mean, if we if we look at the group of people that are on average, you know, having 40,000 in debt from college, I mean, even look at myself, like I am 38 and I'm still paying off my college loans today. I do it. And I think it's going to happen. Eventually, interest rates are going to decrease. Eventually, you know, housing, maybe the price decreases, but we're still going to have a housing issue for, I think, a long time. You know, we're not building extremely fast in terms of new construction. You know, the prices are going up, right? It's all supply and demand. Uh, and then college, the cost of college isn't going anywhere. So I think if I was going to suggest the future, what's going to change is I think people who are in high school who are thinking about what they want to do are going to need to start thinking a little bit more critically and plan well. Days are gone, you know, where you go in school for liberal arts because you're not sure what you want to do and then you graduate and then you are not leveraging that degree. I mean, I think now if you're going to college, you got to leverage, in my opinion, that investment and follow through on a plan uh, and then work towards that and eventually, quote unquote, get ahead from that perspective. But I don't, you know, the average person is still going to have to tackle these things, get out of school or, you know, maybe, you know, maybe trade. I can like 10 years from now, maybe even sooner. College university is not going to be as robust and advantageous as it is today. Because I think people are going to these trades that are building up. I mean, people are going to leave high school now with a very strong skill set in a specific trade and then go into a trade. And we're going to start to see that pick up some more as well. And who knows what's happening in technology? I mean, there are trades that we can't even think about today. I mean, just think about blockchain and what's happening there. And I can't even imagine robotics. I would love you seeing it today in elementary school robotic courses. I mean, imagine, you know, 10 years from now, you're not going into a four-year degree university. You're going to be going to a two-year robotics course and start working on creating, you know, AI robotics for crying out loud. I mean, we can't even begin to think about what might be out there when I say, quote-unquote, trade. Things are evolving. I have a friend who's like 55, and he's a, a guy that's retired from technology, and he points out, that his industry did not exist when he was in high school. So he went into a career a few years after high school that did not exist when he was in high school. And and that's like truly kind of skating to where the puck is going to be as opposed to, you know, I went into medicine, which has had like, sal like the salary collapse when you consider it relative to, you know, inflation adjusted incomes from the past. And uh, I mean, so people are like, well, what's, you know, what, it, what does it look, what do I need to do to skate to where the puck is going to be? Well, I mean, you know, one, one easy example kind of not, it's not super high tech, but uh, it's some tech is that like, if you have an electric vehicle, you cannot find a garage 
if there's any kind of electric specific problems with that vehicle without a substantial weight. And and I've just looking around where we live, there are several small businesses that have been rapidly expanding their number of outlets because there's the traditional legacy auto is not set up to service electric vehicles. There's a huge demand and the this these small startups that are servicing electric vehicle can't keep up with what the demand is. So that's like an example of of a huge demand coming. There's going to be more and more electric vehicles. And so that would be analogous to like hitching hitching yourself to the internet or or cell phones in the 1980s. I think that's going to be a mega trend. And mm. you could go work, you know, if you went and worked as a secretary in one of these these startups that grew to hundreds of hundreds of outlets and goes public and issues shares and stuff, you're not doing anything different from another secretary at you know a regular company. But if you've tied yourself to the right industry that's going to go somewhere, then your probability of sharing in some of that you know that wealth creation is, is much higher, or getting retrained as a mechanic to, to work on electric vehicles because that's that's a mega trend. And you can apply the same thing with battery storage, the same thing with, you know, can you get some job in the artificial intelligence, maybe do sales for the artificial intelligence agency, artificial intelligence industry. Yeah, this is a great point though, Matt, because what you're really saying is no matter where you are in life, no matter how old you are, no matter, you know, where you are, are you continuously learning, number one, what, what are you learning to do, right? And so, if you're suggesting what's upcoming and are you educating yourself and what's evolving, what's the next, you know, five, 10 years look like? And if you're not doing that, then you know what? You probably aren't going to fall behind in terms of where markets are going and where jobs are going. And, and the, the, the opposite, like, like following on your thread, the opposite of what I initially described is if you're in a dying industry that's getting disrupted, those people are generally going to wake up in five or 10 years and be surprised that their job is gone. But, you know, if you are learning and you're understanding where the puck is going, mm -hmm. then you're going to be moving to make a change, you know, before the job is gone. Yeah. I, of course, here's my finance. There's all, what is the return going to be for that investment, right? So if you are going to invest in time, energy, you know, for education, you know, really thinking about what is that? And the return is different to many people, right? And so you get what the costs and benefits are and what the return is. Yeah, and, and one last point is that you don't always have to go like all in on one of these decisions. You can do maybe a little bit of what I did was I just dipped my toe in to see, you know, could I do a little bit of this side staffing gig and was there any sort of market there? So it could be as simple as getting a part-time job with, with the EV maintenance, you know, shop down the street. And then, and then it goes without saying that you become, you work your butt off. You demonstrate how important you are to the company, how much value you create for that, that startup. And then that's the real opportunity because if you become important to a small organization, that's in an important emerging industry that's growing fast, what happens is those those organizations hire lots of people and the earlier that you are in the door 
and the more confident you are, you end up with like a higher position at a younger age. So just to remind everyone, none of this is formal advice. None of this we are going to suggest that you do. But you know what? If you walk away and you think a little bit more and you reevaluate what's going on, then you better job here. So thanks for uh, listening to our first podcast in our first episode on what's happening today. And really, what do we think this means for tomorrow? Which, you know, I'm not sure, Matt, do you think we, we solved all the problems for tomorrow in this one episode? No, but we did offer more questions. Yes, that is true. That is true. All right, stay tuned. Thanks, everyone. And hope to uh, have you listen to us soon.